I'm surrounded by degenerates every break. It's a conversation about what random college basketball games you three knuckleheads are going to bet on tonight. Yeah, I got a four-team parlay I just put in. Based on what? Uh, research. There's no chance you could have been doing any research. Uh, I was on a two-and-a-half-hour flight today, Tom. Okay. And I buy the Wi-Fi. Yeah? Yeah. And so, so who do you have? Who do you have pinned together? I have... Campbell? Yeah. Who is Campbell? Dan Campbell? Bowie's Creek, North Carolina. I coached against them. Time out. The you can you can The Camels. The, the Campbell Camels. You can bet on a team named Campbell. Is yes. it a Division One school? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um Robert Morris, but not the one in downtown Chicago. It's the one in Pittsburgh in the Atlantic Ten. Sorry, in the horizon, I meant. Uh they play Green Bay tonight in Pittsburgh. Beautiful arena. I've done games there. I have Utah plus seven and a half. Finally, against, a school or a state that I recognize against Arizona, and I have Oregon State at home over Washington State plus eight and a half. And I would like to shout out the Robert Morris and Campbell place, courtesy of the great Fat Jack, who's been amazing Has at he? college basketball. Really? Courtesy of the Black and Abdallah Show. Of course, show. Black and Abdallah They're, and Fat Jack, they have been a uh, an item a for quite some time. And the Fat Jack has been rolling this year. By the way, Black and Abdallah will be heard tonight from 7.30 to 8. That is after Bears Weekly at 6.30. Uh, we're going to talk to Jeff Joniak at 6 o'clock. I, I think he was down at the it. Senior Bowl. Maybe give us some uh, insight on what he Jackson saw down there. Powers Johnson, find a way. Excellent. We're also going to talk to Jason McKee. Jay Mack is going to join us at 5.30. He was a teammate of Devin Hester. We are told mm-hmm. by many that Devin Hester's name will be announced tonight uh, at the NFL Honors as one of the newest members of the NFL Hall of Fame, as well as our good buddy Steve McMichael. He's expected to be named a new Hall of Famer. And Julius Peppers, who spent four years here with the Chicago Bears as well. So uh, a lot to celebrate Obviously, get Jason McKee's thoughts on Devin Hester as one of his, his fantastic teammates. And get Jay, uh, Jay Max's views on what this Bears team may have in store over the next couple of months. And by the way, just somebody had tweeted at me because they heard me tease it with you earlier. Julius Peppers is a great football player. Fantastic. But in the game that the Packers got the late, late touchdown, Aaron Rodgers, to Randall Cobb. He let somebody break contain? Correct. Yes, I said to I Briggs, that. whose fault was that? He said... Not Chris Conti, but that's right, what the was, fan base right, thought. It was Julius Peppers who allowed the Julius break of contain. Julius was told, do not allow Rodgers out of the pocket. Right. He did. He wound up. And there's that's the end of that story. That is true, but it will not keep him out of the Hall of Fame. 17 years in the league, 159 and a half sacks. Pretty he awesome. was part of the 2000s all-decade team and the 2010s all-decade Pretty team. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing that the Bears will be represented by three other guys in the uh, in Canton, I think we don't we have to have the most Hall of Famers in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. By we, I mean the Bears. But you could say we. You played there. Yeah, but I wasn't a Hall of Famer. Doesn't but matter. anyway, uh, Stephen Michael will go in. Devin Hester will go in, and Julius Peppers will go in. Now, though, it is time for something we like to call Aki's A List. It's time for Aki's A List. From the mind of the man who understands the four P's of Waddle's world. Aki's A-List. The top questions and topics floating around in Tyler Aki's mind. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Aki's A-List on ESPN Chicago.
All right, Tyler, what do you got for us today, big fella? All right. Earlier today on our morning show on Sportsmanlike with Evan Cohen, Chris Canny, Michelle Smallman, Evan brought up an interesting point about tight ends when he's talking about roster construction and where tight ends might be in terms of the hierarchy of most important positions on a football team. Here's what I'm asking. Is tight end the second most important position on offense relative to team success? Elite quarterback. But if I then said, okay, okay, you could pick one position to guarantee you team success where you're going to have an elite player. Is tight end that position? Now, he brings that up because the two tight ends playing in Sunday's Super Bowl are certainly both among the elite in the entire sport. In fact, if you look at both the conference championships and lump them in, you may be looking at the four best tight ends in all football that participated in the conference championships in the NFL this, this season. Is tight end the second most important position on a football team? No. No, no, no. I, I mean, I'll just go with my traditional rankings. And these are just... this. Is a, it's quarterback. It's the guys that, that, that chase quarterbacks. By that, I mean defensive ends and outside linebackers, depending on the defense that you'll play. Then I would suggest that your left tackle, the guys protecting your quarterback, left tackle or right tackle. Then I would suggest to you that wide receiver or running or uh, cornerback yeah, would be there. And a so, rush edge. I, yeah, I said right, a guy. I, I, quarterbacks are one for me, and guys that chase quarterbacks off the edge are are two for me. All right, left tackle three. That's where I rank. Cornerback four, wide receiver five. I think cornerback and wide receiver to me kind of split the. I love Evan. Split but the vote, Evan. You're not, they're not in the top five, kid. Now, some would argue that wide receiver slash tight ends who play like wide receivers and tight end bodies, you can like kind of Brock Bowers. Yeah, guys like draft. that. T.J. Hawkinson, who's hurt, unfortunately. George Kittle is one of those guys. I. Uh, Travis Kelsey is one of the best that's ever played. He's not, in my opinion, one of those like field stretchers, probably because of age. Back in the day, he was a little bit faster. He's really good, though, man. Jeez. Oh, he's fabulous. Who's but the greatest tight end you ever seen play? I think it was Gronk. I, w- I would say Gronk Over before. Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. Tony Gonzalez is pretty amazing. He was, no doubt. But, I mean, Gronk at that, that point was such a mismatch when he was in his prime. What about the big coach? Well, that was a long time ago. I didn't see Coach play, you know, in Kellen person. Kellen Winslow? Kellen Winslow was fantastic. John Mackey? They were all great players, but I would say Gronk. Gronk was too big for safeties and corners and too fast for linebackers. Who was the guy we signed in this town when they got rid of Greg Olson? And they trumpeted him out. I remember had to cover the press conference, and he was horrible. Mm, it was for Mike Martz's offense. Oh, you can't pronounce his name. Manu Mana Brandon, Brandon Manu Maliona. That's yeah. it. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I disagree with Evan there. I think that this is definitely uh, recency bias because the game has George Kittle and uh, Travis Kelsey. Some would tell you, though, that inside that, that, that San Francisco locker room, many believe that Trent Williams is their most valuable player. If not him, Debo Samuel. They got him for a second-round pick, Trent Williams, didn't they, from, from the Washington? Uh, Washington I don't remember Redskins. what the trade was. But, I think they gave up a second-round pick. But I would, not, I, would, I would vote no, I don't believe. As much as I like tight ends, especially the modern tight end that can stretch a field, I would not agree with Evan that it's the most, second-most important position outside of, of quarterback. 
All right, I've got some odds here for Justin Fields' next team. And we've talked a little bit about this, but there has been a little bit of a shift in some of the odds. The Bears, once upon a time, were even to be his next team. They have now moved to plus 125. So the outlook there is saying that it is getting worse and less what likely was the, that... What was the, what was the, the odds on that, like, say, a week ago? It was, was it even. Mine? Oh, it was even. Plus 100, yeah. And then... That's followed by the Falcons at plus 175, the Raiders at 5 to 1, the Seahawks at 8 to 1, the Commanders and Steelers both at 10 to 1. The Steelers were once upon a time 16 to 1. That has come down Isn't significantly. That what Sylvie bet? Yeah, yeah, I got a wager in on that as well. Why um, would the Commanders be listed? Because maybe they move out of 2 and get a haul back for that pick as they try to build their roster. Because, yeah, there's a lot of reports out of Washington that they value draft capital more than anything, which is so another they're reason. Gonna, why- they're not going to move up from exactly. two to one. That's then. why moving up from two to one is kind of nonsense in terms of the commanders potentially making a trade with the Bears. They value draft picks a ton out there. Yeah, I so mean, somebody called in the other day on our show and said, okay, Terry McLaurin, Deron Payne, number two, and two future number ones. I'm like, you're not getting that. I wouldn't think like I think there's obviously a tax that in a premium that you would have to they would but have not to that pay. Much. That's huge. Like Shefty told us the other day, it, it it would be multiple ones. Yeah, but when he says that, I is don't that know if he meant the two going yeah. back. I don't know because I, I could see. I mean, my own personal opinion was obviously you'd swap one for two, and then you'd get you you know I would think it would be reasonable to get their 2025 first round pick. But I can't imagine them stretching it out to also the 2026 first round pick because at some point you're a young team that won three games. You need that draft capital. By the way, Trent Williams went for a 2020 fifth round pick and a 21 third round pick. It's pretty nice for that's a guy crazy. that's been the that, best that, left tackle in football for was, a little bit now. He had sat out a year yeah. from Washington. He had. I believe he sat out an entire year. Did he have? He dealt with a health issue too, didn't he? Cancer. Didn't he have testicular cancer or something? So and 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 he had a really big salary too, didn't he? So maybe that influenced what they paid for him. But um, that's unbelievable, though. I mean, not unbelievable, but that the numbers are moving. I think, like, listen, I know this this irritates a, a large portion of the fan base, but I think the further you get away from the season, I think that the consensus is now starting to build pretty heavily. That the Bears are in fact going to pivot and move in a different direction. That's what it sounds like. I don't like. know why. Where were the Raiders in that? Raiders are five to one. That's the I, third shortest odds. I, I, the Raiders. I mean, Luke Etsy is in Las Vegas because it couldn't work between him and, and the, yeah, there, the quarterback. There is zero chance that's happening. Zero. Wouldn't you also, by that logic, too, probably rule out the Patriots as well because of the fact that they brought in Luke Getzey, I believe, multiple times for interviews. Maybe they brought in Luke Getzey not only because they were somewhat interested in him, but they wanted a little bit of intel on Justin. Exactly. And maybe, like, who knows what Luke Getzey said. And I mean, maybe, I think that's one of the reasons why the Bears brought in Cliff Kingsbury, right? Get to a get little, a little intel. intel? No question. So, if you had to list out your three most likely landing spots for Justin Fields, you can even include the Bears on this list, but three most likely landing spots for Justin okay, Fields go. next year. Go. Who's the most likely? Atlanta. You think Atlanta's the most likely? Pittsburgh. Now, remember, Atlanta also has brought in an offensive coordinator that is from the, the Sean McVay tree. Not so much the kind of hybrid offense. but True. 
And um, as a guy who's never called plays, right? He's never called uh, plays. Zach Robinson, Zach I don't Robinson's believe. Never yeah, called because plays. He, was he was the past game LA, coordinator right. in L.A. But Sean McVay's calling plays. Correct. So you would say that Atlanta's won? No, that's a great point. So let me revise my list. Pittsburgh. Now, also, now I, that's where I would go with one as well. But remember, I mean... Seattle. Well, they still have... Geno? They still have Geno. Okay, who's their backup? And he comes in and competes with him. They come from... Mike McDonald comes from the Lamar Jackson style of offense. Maybe so. I and Listen, maybe Denver. God, I'll be shocked if Sean Payton takes him. So where would so I would go Steelers one. It was where I would go because Arthur Smith's now their coach. And they drafted Kenny Pickett with a first round pick, but it was a later, what was it twenty? 20. So I'd go Steelers. I think Atlanta's still a potential destination. I'd probably put the Bears third. Maybe the Alouettes. Wow. The Bears third? I I truly don't see a scenario where he's a bear. I'll be very surprised. I'll support the hell out of him. Right. I will, too. I would support Tyler if he was at quarterback. I just want the Bears to win. Period. I'm with you. But I just don't see a scenario where you're telling me they're going to leave C.J. Stroud on the board, made a great trade, and now you're going to leave Caleb Williams on the board, and if Justin doesn't make it, you walk into your owner, and he's like, we had the number one pick two straight years. There were two generational quarterbacks, and we didn't get either one. Get out. I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't either, but like there are still T's that have to be crossed and I's dotted. No and doubt. All of the vetting process has to go accordingly. Did you get vetted when you were coming out? No. They checked if I had a heartbeat. <laughs> no, the vetting process was a 479 and a 481 40 yard dash at the combine after being third leading or fifth leading receiver in college football my senior year. I knew I wasn't getting drafted. All right, can we stop talking about me? What, wow. what are your, you answer your own question. My top three, I would go Steelers number one. As would I. Um, my number two, uh, number, I might go with the Tennessee Titans as number two. I don't think it's totally outlandish to see that. And then I'll go well, with they the drafted, Seahawks what, three. What, what year Will was Levis? Will Levis, Levis, Levis or yeah. what round was that? Second. Was, was he second or third? And I think they kind of liked what they saw from Will Levis. But if you have a chance to upgrade, you, plus you're bringing in a new head coach as well. And you said the Seahawks is three. Seahawks right? is three, yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right, what's next? All right, uh, next up, I've got a list of Taylor Swift-related props. These are all courtesy. Are you a Swifty, by the way? I mean, I don't dislike her. I think I have one Taylor Swift song on my phone. I don't have any, but I, I, I'm, not, I'm not anti-Taylor my, Swift my in any way, shape, Brett or form. is over the He's top. a Swifty? Swifty. Yeah. My yeah. kids are Swifties. My daughter-in-laws love Taylor Swift. My wife, anti. Really? Yeah. Why? She said, I'm sure she's a great person. I hate her music. Really? Yeah. What is Mindy like? What is her music taste? Uh, she likes the Goo Goo Dolls. That's like, she's seen them like 20 times in concert. Um, anything that's hot, like the, the popular, that's what she likes. She likes pop music. Well, Taylor Swift, that, she's the queen of pop. She does not like Taylor okay. Swift. At to all. each their own. But I have no problem with with her music or her presence on NFL games either. I don't either. I think it's cool. People, yeah. Like, it's not like I've got to listen to her do the color. I know. I, I don't. I don't. It doesn't bother me one bit. 
All right, so what was your question, Tyler? All right, so I've got a list of prop bets involving Taylor Swift. Now, these are odds as of February 2nd, so a couple of days ago. Um, these are courtesy of FanDuel in Canada. Some of these you can't get in the United States. Um, Time out. Why do they allow these to be these issues to be bet on in Canada but not here? They why, hang, why, they, hang loo- they hang loose up north. What does that mean? They, they, they let we it fly. More, we are more restrictive in our gaming here. All right. Um, this one is, um, will Andy Reid mention Taylor Swift in his podium interview slash speech? Yes, plus 520, no, minus 850. Uh, I don't think he'll mention her, mention her unless he's asked about her. You know, he tells a great story. He knew Taylor before Travis Kelsey. He did. Well, Taylor Swift's dad played football, I believe, at Delaware, and when when uh, Andy was in was coaching the Eagles, I believe they interacted. He was a very successful money manager, I think, as well. Taylor's dad, yeah. So that that introduction had been made. I would say I would say no, not unless somebody asks a question specifically. I mean, would you put your money on that? No. What about the MVP to mention Taylor Swift in his speech? Plus five twenty to yes, minus nine hundred to no. I would go no again. How much was the? What were the odds Plus on no? Plus five twenty. What about no? Minus nine hundred. Yeah, I would not bet that. I wouldn't either. I think yes might be worth it. Plus five hundred. Plus five twenty. Yeah. Why is there like, such a think, discrepancy between the If you think the, the Chiefs teams? can win, and to be honest, even if they don't win, like you, you could see a Niner maybe call out Taylor Swift. I think the Chiefs are going to win. I do too. I think either way you could get it. I would not bet that. Um, okay. We've got another one here. Taylor Swift to wear an outfit made by Christian Juszczyk's wife. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, Christian Juszczyk. Kyle Juszczyk's wife. Right. Uh, yes, plus 270. No, minus 355. Yeah, I would say yes. She's going to probably wear something Chiefs related, right? Yeah. She'll, she's flying all night from Japan. And she will get Does there. Does she get there on Saturday or Sunday? I'm confused. I believe it's Saturday night. That's what night. I thought. Yeah. She picks up t- uh, t- a lot of time in the air. So she, I think she gets there late Saturday. And I think Juszczyk's wife's cooking up something special. I would say yes. What is the maximum I could put on that? I don't know. It doesn't say in here what the, the yeah. max bets you know, are on these. It would be these. great if you were friends with Christian Juszczyk. And you knew. And she said, Shh, don't tell anybody I'm making Taylor an outfit. Well, that's why I would think that there would be a limit on... You know that a couple of years ago, a friend of mine, you know him, the Philly Godfather. Yeah. He calls me. He's like, I have the rehearsal recording from the national anthem. I go, what do you mean? He goes, a buddy of mine it's is... It's lip-synced? Working there. No. But he was rehearsing it, and he recorded it and timed it out to the tenth of the second. He called me. He's like... Whatever you can get down, play the what I think it was the over. And I was going to play it, and they pulled it. Because somebody found out. Somebody found out. It I heard Carmen the Good that, Kid talking about it earlier. I got that tip for the uh, the Patriots and Eagles Super Bowl a couple years ago. And we got, uh, when we were in college, someone sent us, he was at the, uh, the rehearsal too. And he's like, it's going to go, like, her rehearsal went seven seconds over. And so... We played it, 
And then we saw like a day later, it moved seven seconds. So we were like, oh. oh. And we had, we had some great value on it and it hit. I think it, they both hit anyway, but we got some really good I value. I think Carmen on it. said today that it's 90 seconds for Reba McIntyre. Yeah, that's, that's like very, very low. That's for, very quick. Yeah. And I think Reba will. Sounds like the coach when he's saying, take yeah, me out yeah, the ball. Right. I think Reba will, will give you a little bit more than 90 seconds on that. You'd think the good, so. The good kid said 90 seconds was a lifetime. I heard him say that. He was trying to convince Carm. I think he was talking about something else. But Carm, Carm I, I think 90 seconds was the, was, was the threshold for the bet. What else you got? All right. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey seen kissing on February 11th on the broadcast. Shot. Minus 180, yes. No, it's not, plus shot. It's not shot or no shot. This is Aki's A list. Well, this side of the building is shot. It's a shot. Minus so you 180. Look. You laying the lumber cap? Uh, I'll lay the Figur- lumber with figuratively that. Figuratively or, or literally? I'll lay the lumber on that. I'll lay that 180 they will and be filmed or you will see a shot of them kissing? Yes. I would definitely put my money on that, yes. Shot. Absolutely. Anything else? Now, this is an interesting one. Will Donna Kelsey be shown hugging Taylor Swift on the CBS broadcast? I did hear today... I believe Shay brought it up this morning that Donna Kelsey is going to be sitting in the stands and is not going to be in a suite. Well, then she's not going to get a hug because but Taylor's not going to sit in the stands. But what about on the field after, after the game? After the game. Uh, that I don't know. I now, it has I mean, to be shown on the CBS broadcast. Right. And if the Chiefs lose, you're definitely not going to see it. Right. right. But if the Chiefs win... Oh yeah, there's a little embrace there. Shot. It's got to be on the on it's the, minus one twenty each side. It's got to be on the CBS broadcast though. You may yes. see it, but it may CBS may be off the air at that point. You may be seeing that on ESPN. It will be off the air for like two hours. You mean we got to sit through Tony Romo post game? Oh, Jesus, when he calls her his wife, they're not getting they're not getting engaged. I would. Be classy. Oh, Do I that thought stuff you, yeah, I, quietly. I, by the way, that those are there are odds on that. Proposal yeah. on field after the game plus a twenty. Yes, no, no. minus two thousand. No, no, no shot. What is your uh, non Taylor Swift's related your favorite prop bet that you've seen so far? Do you have one pointed out already? Um, non Taylor Swift. Um, I don't know if I. Oh, this is actually an interesting one here. Uh, well, this is on. Canadian TV, because um, again, these odds aren't available on uh, in in the United States, but they do have um, the total Canadian viewers over under seventeen and a half million. What is the normal? I don't know what the game normally does, but you'd imagine it really spike in Canada because of Taylor Swift. Yeah. Listen, bro, you're you're betting a fourteen parlay tonight with two schools. I don't even know who they are. Mm-hmm. You've had to have already done some research on some prop bets that you're interested in. I don't play a lot of. Prop you don't. Bets. No, I play. What's your what, right now? Where are you leaning in terms of putting your biggest investment? Chiefs money line. Yeah, and I like George Kittle over forty seven and a half that's, yards. That's a prop bet. I thought you meant non-football, like a novelty prop. No, a novelty not, prop. no, I'm not, not worried about that. No, I've Big George... Cat told us yesterday he's got ten grand on on the coin flip tails. Yeah, I'm on tails. There we go. You got a, you got an issue. <laughs> you, you need to see somebody. One eight hundred gambler. Yeah, you need to see somebody. It's what, head, it's heads or tails. How much did you put down on it? Uh, like twenty bucks. And then how? What did you what did you bet? Tails. Why? 
because it tails never fails. <laughs> Kevin, can wow. you take him out and, and talk to him? Yeah. One in hundred right. gambler. Anything else, Tyler? Uh, before real quick, we... I wanted to get to this yesterday. We didn't have a okay. chance. Uh, Netflix announced yesterday that they will be uh, creating a hard knocks like docu series following the Boston Red Sox. Here's Ooh. the thing about it, though. It doesn't come out until after the season. Now, Hard Knocks, the way it goes, it literally works week to week, especially with the in-season one, too. Yeah. You're going week to week. But the Red Sox one is not going to come out until after the season. Are the Red Sox supposed to be any good this year? No. No, they're getting crapped on by everyone. So That's why would you want to watch an in-season? Well, you, I mean, well, you may get to see like the, the demise of the Red Sox for this 2024 season. Didn't Theo just took a, a role with them, didn't he? He did. He's he did. part owner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But are you intrigued by this? Is it no. something that you're willing to watch? Not really. I, I don't think I will either. My analytical guru that I go to on some of these things Who's just that? texted me. Danny Zetterman. He said it's actually 50.8% to the side of the coin that is up when you flip it. So you have a small Danny Zetterman advantage. sent that to you? Yes. He didn't send it to me. He sent it to me. So what did he say? The co- when they show you the coin and yeah. he's got it like on it, sitting on his hand, the referee, the side that's up. of the time, that becomes the one that lands on it. So that you have a small window of opportunity. Yeah, but you're not going to know that. You have no chance you'll get that bet in if you're watching it Right, you wouldn't be able to get it in quick Because there's probably a slight delay as well. Correct. All right. All right, is that it, Tyler? That's all we got today. Aki's A-list, always very good. Or shot or no uh, shot. No, no, it's Aki's A-list, all right? Jason McKee, our buddy, our uh, our teammate, will join us next to talk about his teammate back in the day, Devin Hester, who was going into the Hall of Fame, and get his thoughts on where he thinks this Bears team's headed. That's Shot. Next. Twin Peaks is the ultimate sports lodge you've been searching for. Everything you need, 360 degrees of TV so you don't miss a second to the game. Amazing made-from-scratch food. Delicious cocktails and 29-degree ice-cold beer. Grab your spot for next Sunday and enjoy the big game. How about this Sunday? Not next Sunday, this Sunday. Grab your spot for this Sunday and enjoy the big game at Twin Peaks. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Devin Hester, the rookie who was so dangerous, who went to college here at Miami. He led the NFC in both kickoff returns and punt returns. And the Colts have had a hard time all season covering kicks. It's Hester trying to work it back to the middle. Gets past the first wave, and here he goes. It's Hester inside the 30. Hester's going to take it away for a touchdown and no flag 92 yards I was at that Super Bowl such a great story and I'm sure Tony Dungy has told this story a number of times I heard him tell we you and Sylvie this. yeah we weren't the only ones that he told this story but they spent all week deciding that they're not going to kick to Devin and then right before they left the 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 locker room he basically said, you know, forget it. We're going to kick it at him. And then they decided to, to kick it off. And what you just heard was a better version of Jim Nance. But uh, and it Carton was, had it. 
Car- didn't Carmen have like a hundred dollars at forty Carmen, to one? I think he did. ended up not betting it, but he was like touting it all week, if I remember correctly. Wow. But a great moment for a great football player. And tonight at the NFL Honors 2024 show, uh, they will, um, amongst other things, announce the winners of several awards. They'll also introduce the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2023. Um, should be an, uh, a very exciting night. Steve McMichael was one of my teammates. I, was, I would say I was one of Steve's teammates. Very fortunate to spend, I think, four or five years with Steve. There was no teammate of mine who was more dedicated to his craft, who was tougher, who was more accomplished. Played with some Hall of Famers. Played with Richard. Played with with Ham. Played with Mike Singletary. Played with a lot of these guys. And all of them were fabulous and very deserving of being in the National Football League Hall of Fame. Steve McMichael is just as deserving of being in Canton as all of those guys I just mentioned. His numbers are... Eye-popping. And it's a shame that it has taken to this point in the Veterans Committee to get in because he was deserving years and years and years ago. But I'm so very happy for him and his family that he will finally find his place, deservedly so, in the halls of Canton. Uh, Devin Hester will also find his way to Canton as well. And uh, Jason McKee, who is a teammate of ours here at ESPN 1000, you hear him on game day on the Bears Radio Network. Uh, a teammate of, of Devin Hester's as well. So we thought we would uh, join or have J- Jason join us and give us a little insight into his time with Devin and maybe talk a little Bears football with him as well. J-Mac, he is uh, on the Car X Tire uh, Hotline, and he joins us right now. Jason, what's happening, my friend? Hey, fellas, how you doing? What's up, J-Mac? Uh, not much, man. Just excited that, uh, you know, all the news and, and looking forward to watching the show tonight. And, you know, I know uh, Waddle talked about all his great teammates that he played with. He's got another one going in. He's very deserving. Uh, I have another teammate going in. So it's exciting times, you know, for Bears right now, uh, right now Bears fans and for former players who've been a part of this great organization. Uh, it's just a good time right now, especially with all the, you know, the anticipation with the offseason and the draft coming up. I mean, it's a great time to be a Chicago Bear and, and I'm just so thankful that I had the opportunity to, uh, you know, to play with, you know, a Hall of Famer like Brian Erlacher, you know, uh, upcoming Hall of Famer like Devin Hester. And hopefully I have a couple more teammates that are very deserving of, of getting that call as well. So it's just a great day for me. I, I've been excited uh, for a long time for this moment. You know, Devin's one of my closest friends. And I actually talked to him last night and, you know, um, you know, kind of – he knew he knew about it for a while, and he, and he and he held it in, and and you know he told me last night, and you know I was able to I let out a let's go, and my wife yells downstairs, and she's like, oh, you finally won a bet, and I'm like, no, nah, it's something else. So, so I've been I've been excited for a while. I'm very excited to see this thing, you know, come come to fruition. Forty bears. This will be numbers thirty eight, thirty nine, and forty that are either in as bears or at least played, played with the bears. Yeah. Super Man. super cool to see them go in and to see what Devin accomplished. Tommy and I talked about it earlier, J-Mac. He is the greatest to ever do what he did with his craft. That means you belong in. Definitely. And and when you look at, you know, a lot of things that Devin had to face off the field, people, you know, they don't know about or haven't heard about or heard his story. And every player has a story and takes a different path to get to the NFL. Um, But, when you, when you see guys, like when they go through that path and that path ends up 
in in the Hall of Fame in Canton is very deserving. It's very special. And, you know, been a part of Devin's journey, having been his teammate for seven years, you know, being one of my closest friends. I've seen the preparation that he put into each and every season, you know, to make sure that he was going to be in tip-top shape, to make sure that he was going to be elite at his craft. He's very deserving of it. And he's got, he had a lot of guys around him that made it possible. And he'll tell you that, like, Devin was a Hall of Fame teammate as well as a Hall of Fame person. And you look at our special teams a unit that we had under a, gay, a great coach like Dave Tobin, a lot of great guys on those special teams units, the Brendan Ian Badejos, the Camarillos, the Todd Johnson, the Adrian Peterson, the Israel Adonijays, the John Gilmores, the list goes on and on. You know, Devin to tell you himself, you know, those guys who sacrifice and their bodies out there blocking for him are, you know, a part of the reason why he's going into Canton. So, and I know Devin will say he's taking us with him. And, you know, we're all excited. It's a special day for Devin. But it's also a special day for everybody that was a part of those special teams units as well. Has he talked to you about who he's going to have present him into the hall? Uh, no, he hasn't discussed that yet. I talked to him last night. He didn't discuss that yet. But that, that is an interesting question. I wonder, you know, who will uh, present that speech for or who will, you know, introduce him. Well, you could lobby for the for the role. I that mean, could be you, man. That could be you. <laughs> Well, you know what, if you ask me, I'd be humbled and honored to do it. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of guys deserving of it, but uh, either way, you know, me and him talked about it last night. It's going to be a, a great party, a great celebration. I told him it's going to be, you know, I'll be front and center with whatever he wants me to do, uh, but I'm super excited for him and his family. J-Mac, what would you say to those that would suggest that because he was a special teamer and a specialist and didn't touch the ball as much as others, that maybe – there shouldn't be a place for special teamers in the Hall of Fame. What would you say to those folks? Yeah, I would say, I mean, you got to know football, man. And the way that he changed the game, the impact that he had on our team, on our organization, but as the game as a whole, I mean, it, it speaks for himself. You know, when, when Devin was back there on kickoff or punt, you know, nobody was going to get a drink of Gatorade when you're on the field. Whether you're at home, you weren't going to get extra buffalo wings. You weren't going to the bathroom. You were glued into that TV because you know you're going to watch greatness. And when there's a, when there's greatness taking place each and every Sunday or Monday night or Thursday night, whatever was taking place, people were tuned in. And he left his mark on the game. And you know that's why he's you know one of the, he's, he's the best to ever do it. But that's why he's being enshrined. Uh, J Mac, I don't think you ever played with Julius Peppers. Did you ever run up against him in a game? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, we played. Uh, we had some battles us and the Carolina Panthers, and uh, you know, Jewish was a special, a special human being. He was an athlete. I mean, and I, when I say that, I emphasize it because <laughs> I mean, the dude was big as a house. The dude could run with the wide receivers. The dude had a strength, the strength of a defensive lineman, and he could jump. And I mean, and he, and he had the ability to make plays, and he had a high IQ of the game. So anytime that we lined up against those Carolina Panthers teams when Julius Peppers was the focal point of their defenses. You know, he was definitely a marked guy, and you know, it was definitely fun having the opportunity to go against him. Um, but you, he's another guy that's deserving. I mean, one of the best to ever do it at his position. But he's got to go down as one of the all-time greatest athletes in the game, period. Yeah, played basketball as well at North Carolina. All right, I want to ask you about – I have been in this business a long time, as has Tommy. I have never – and through no fault of his own. So let me make that clear. He's not the reason. 
the most divisive topic I've ever covered is Justin Fields. Should he stay or should he go? It's amazing. Like, if you say, I want Caleb Williams, you're a horrible person. If you say, I want to stay with Justin, you're an idiot. So, what are you saying? Man, you're right, though, Cab. It's crazy. It's like, there's like, it's it's two sides of Chicago. It's like a civil war. You got either the Williams or the Fields. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know, I... I personally, you know, I, I love Justin. I think he's a great human being. You know, I spend some time with him in the off season. He's been over at our school working out and stuff like that. He's a great human being. Um, I think he has the ability to do a lot of great things. Um, you know, I think obviously there's other factors that go into it in terms of a quarterback being successful in an organization. But, you know, I, I think whether or not he's here or not, it, wherever he goes, I think he's going to be successful. Um, I think Caleb Williams has a lot of talent as well. But I just think that with the success rate that a lot of these top draft, these top top quarterbacks, the lack of success that they've had, and you know we look at C.J. Stroud this year, and everybody's going to be enamored by what he did. But if you go back and look at it, that's a dime a dozen. I mean, that doesn't happen all the time. It's a high failure rate with these top quarterbacks coming in and just you know lighting the world on fire or turning the tide of the franchise. So you know, with me, if I had the opportunity to to trade that pick and get some draft capital. Uh, to enhance, uh, you know, to put more playmakers around Justin and to bring in, you know, we got a new coaching staff and coordinators that can enhance the scheme, tailor toward the skill set, they can make him better, then, you know, I'm all for it. But at the end of the day, as Bears fans, we're in a great situation. Yeah. Either way, I think we can't lose. So, uh, Before we let you go, you saw this team up close and, and personal uh, every game day. Uh, do you like the direction they seem to be pointed? I love the direction, you know, and I know the season ended with, with the debacle in Green Bay, but you look at that stretch that we had, and, you know, I give Coach Flues a lot of credit, you know, with all the adversity that this team faced off the field, uh, the lack of success on the field early on in the season, look at how he righted the ship and, and continued to make sure that everybody stayed together and he galvanized that locker room, and then we were able to, you know, put on some good performances in the middle of the season, so... I love the fact that we got a lot of young pieces, a lot of young talent on this roster. It's only going to get better with the draft capital and free agent, uh, the money that we have in free agency. So it's such a great time to be a Bears fan right now, and I'm just excited uh, for this organization to take the next step. Jay Mack, we always appreciate the conversation. So glad that you're a teammate of ours. Enjoy tonight's presentation. You're the man. Enjoy watching Devin get his, uh, his, his justified place in, in Canton. No, I appreciate you guys. You guys stay safe. Take Be good. There he is, Jason McKee on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Uh, when we come back, we segue back to a little something Bulls related. It's a little thing we're doing with our great friends at Great Clips. The 50 moments in, in Chicago sports history over the last 50 years that you'd like to cut out of your sports memory. Number 46 is next. Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Waddle and Sylvie share 50 moments over the past 50 years that Chicago sports fans wish they could cut from their memories. Presented by Great Clips. Number 46. Two-time NBA Executive of the Year, represented by his wife, Thelma, Basketball Hall of Famer, and former Bulls General Manager, Jerry Krause.
an opportunity to do something that was a great celebration, and it flopped. Sylvie was actually there at the game. It was January 12th, halftime of the Warriors game, where they were looking to honor and put into the ring of honor the 1995-96 team that went 72-10 and and won an NBA title. And it just was a complete disaster. It's a cluster because it was poorly run. Michael, this is Jerry Reinsdorf. Hey, Jerry. Hey, give me a date. I don't care if it's this se- rest of this season, next season. Give me a date. We want you to go into the ring of honor first. We want to put the 95-96 team in. And unless he says, there, I will never do anything for you. You work around his schedule. That's what Sylvie and I had talked about for so long. Why would you even consent to this? I know you had a, a, a sponsor for the event. but if, So what? But if, if, if Michael can't be there, I mean, it starts with Michael, right? If Michael can't be there, then you postpone it until Michael can be there. Obviously, Scotty wasn't there. Phil was there, um, and obviously that was a good. But in the manner in which they went about the whole thing transpiring, it just left so much to be desired. Correct. It could have been so much better. Well, I, however I, you feel about Jerry Krause, mm-hmm. I thought it was ridiculous how that was received by the fans. Well, I said, and to you, I think that they put the fans in a bad position. They put Jerry Krause's widow in a bad spot as well with how it all transpired. Yeah, she's a lovely lady, Thelma. They, I said to you guys, and I don't know how old Neil Funk is, but. When you get the script, I've emceed a billion events like you have. Guys, hang on a second. We got to revise this here. Why? Because if you put Jerry's picture up there, he's going to get booed. But unless they, unless they consulted with Neil with regard to how it all was going to transpire, Neil's like the last guy I would point the finger. Point the finger. I guarantee you, he saw it. They read it a dry run through. Come on now, you got. People got to be smarter. You got to say, I'd like to ask you for a warm welcome for Thelma Krause. And you put her up on the screen. Right. Before Thelma you even is here tonight. Representing. Representing her late husband, former Bulls general manager, Jerry Krause. Again, a warm applause for, for Thelma, Thelma Krause. Yes. They're not going to boo her. But shouldn't that come from someone other than Neil Funk? Like, it's not Neil's job to put this together. I'm not saying that, but he's got to be the fail-safe when they hand him the script. Folks, hang on a second now. I did these games for a billion years. He's not well-liked by the majority of the fan base. I hate to tell you, right or wrong, I think Jerry did an amazing job. I think Jerry deserves far more credit than a lot of people want to give him. He's a Hall of Fame executive thousand percent yes but you have to be smart and then that's higher that, that's a higher that's a higher someone with a higher pay grade than, than okay Neil. and then when you do this event and they interview on watching it on nbc sports chicago casey johnson's talking to luke longley yeah flew like 20 hours to be here right. and it's so great didn't even introduce him and i can't wait to see if they call i want to hear if they yell luke when we get introduced they don't even introduce him I mean, come on now. You've got to be smarter than this. And then the, Sylvie said, because he was there with his family, said the introduction of Tony Kukoc was a little bit, you know, was it was an odd situation as well. 
because I don't remember that one. It's just like they had such a great opportunity to do it the right way. But as soon as you find out that Michael's not going to be there, then all of a sudden you have to. Well, I, I personally consider the, the I plan. personally believe Jerry should have said, OK, Michael, I'm getting on my plane. You're in Florida. I am coming to see you. Can I have 30 minutes? Michael's not going to tell him I'm never going to speak to you. They don't have that bad a relationship. Michael, you tell me what I have to yeah. do to get this to work. And, by the way, right now, we're in a bit of a difficulty here. Yeah. Uh, how about... We could use a uh, PR we, boost. You sold your interest in the Charlotte Hornets. How about... I'll give you 1% and I'll allow you to buy well, that, another 2%. Okay, well, that conversation can happen at a different time. But for the, the, the purpose of having this ring of honor, or as we called it, the Bulls ring of dishonor, Great name. how it all unfolded, I think that you could have, at the very least, postponed it until Michael would have agreed. Regardless, it is number 46 in our 50 moments of the last 50 years in Chicago sports history that we would all like to cut from our memories. It's brought to you by our great friends and partners at Great Clips. Uh, when we come back, Jeff Joniak, our buddy's going to join our us. Guy. Talk about what he saw at the Senior Bowl and uh, his thoughts on what the Bears may do with the number one overall selection. Uh, We'll be joined by uh, Jeff when we come back.